This is a 980 CKNW podcast. So the Christmas parties this year, for the office anyway, are likely going to be alcohol-free and everybody will be on their best behavior. And we're going to talk about how much fun that will be here tonight on the Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, researcher, blogger, clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, relationships, your body, your health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight-up sex talk. Let's hope for you it will be educational, illuminating, and get you thinking outside of the box and have a little bit of fun while you're at it. So please stay with me and thank you for being here with me this evening. There is, however, an aspect of sexual health, and I realize some of the subjects on this program may trigger people. I want you to know that there is no worse pain in life than that of sexual abuse, and the effect that it has on people for the rest of their lives cannot be overstated. So much of the problems we see in society are related to childhood sexual abuse. It is never okay to touch a child in their private parts. If you have done this, have thoughts about this, you need significant help. If this has happened to you, I am so sorry. Many, many people have experienced unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. We are seeing so much of that in the news today. So many powerful people who thought they were untouchable had been touching people for a long time, disempowering women and damaging women. For those of you who have been sexually abused, you are never far from my heart. And I wish you all the best on your healing journey, which often can take a lifetime. Please put the kitties to bed. Grab your wine or your lover, your lover, your wine, whatever order, I don't mind. And do stay with me and thank you for being here with me this evening. Good evening, Amir. How are you? I am pretty good, Maureen. How are you? I couldn't possibly be better. Thank you so much. Yeah, I told you I was sick last week, but I'm I'm hunky-dory now. On the mend. Excellent. Yes, I have a fear of getting sick. I was sick for like 10 weeks this year (laughs) with bronchitis and sinusitis. 10 weeks at a time? Ten At weeks, once? yeah, one week oh after the next. I just was never getting better. That's awful. <laughs> anyway, it was it was dreadful, but I'm better now. Back at it, as they say. Uh, anyway, today was a glorious day after, I, I think, a month of, of rain. Of yeah, I was thinking about it. They had that big Santa Claus parade just outside the, the building. Santa Claus so parade they was got fantastic. Lucky. Yes, I know. That was excellent. And so that's great. And this gorgeous Christmas tree out here by mm. the beautiful new bus stop, which, right. you know, is pretty damn near makes you want to put your beamer keys away and grab the bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> but it's a beautiful bus stop. But the tree is magnificent mm-hmm. and so nice. All of the Christmas spirit. I'm sure you all have your wreaths up in every window and uh-huh. your Christmas tea- tree decorated and the lights on the house and the blow-up dolls on the front lawn. <laughs> Don't go too far. No. <laughs> anyway, a uh, little pressure at Christmas time to do all of that. Yeah choose the cookies you're going to bake. Um, But anyhow, 
But I chose not to do any of that today. <laughs> uh, yes, pulling the things out, you know, from last year, but whatever. Uh, but did you know there's a municipality in this province that outlaws beach bonfires? There's probably more than oh, one. Oh, yeah, there are a few. And, uh, you know, it's hard to believe because, you know, you're basically wringing out the wood to actually try to fu- start a fire, which yeah. which takes about a day. And then all of a sudden the, the firefighters come and... <laughs> Give you the bad news after you've taken a swim in the ocean. This yeah. is not was not a good scene, but uh, that happened to me today. Oh, yeah, and uh, so I, I descended upon the bonfire <laughs> a little bit late with the cinnamon buns and the <laughs> and uh, the. Of course, we hadn't taken our swim yet, but um, the firefighters were there and had to put the bonfire out. And of course, I was saying, you know, like. I ha- I don't know these people engaging in this criminal activity and <laughs> throw them all in the slammer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, they took a cinnamon bun instead. So um, that was that was kind of interesting. But um, yes, and once they realized that it wasn't a bunch of teenagers uh, building a bonfire, they were sort of you know pretty chill about it. But nonetheless, you can't have a beach bonfire here. It sucks because of the fire, like. You know, I can see in, in the summer for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a lot of beach bonfires that are completely safe Afterward. and people are responsible about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. On no rocks? Issue. I mean, yeah. on the rocks. It's, it's drenched. Yeah. I mean, everything is still soaking wet. That's so. okay. Nonetheless, hopefully you got out today and enjoyed some of that Santa Claus parade or, or all of the festivities, grabbed your tree, went out and cut it down yourselves. That's always an, uh, an underwhelming <laughs> thing. You think, I'm going to go out, we're going to go, we are going to cut our tree down. And then there's not a tree in the woods because you want to do it naturally, right? right. You know, you don't really want to go to a tree farm <laughs> because you know nothing about the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're going to go in there and everything in there is scraggly and terrible in a Charlie Brown tree. But you bring it home anyway <laughs> and decorate it because, you know, we all have our low self-esteem. <laughs> Um, so, anyway, we've got lots to talk about on the program tonight. And, uh, you know, I, as I mentioned a little bit about sexual abuse and sexual trauma and, and that which is going on in the world, and, and this week we had lots of news. Matt Lauer fell from grace. Right. Matt Lauer, yeah. a 20-year broadcaster on the Today Show. Uh, um, you know, and I have to say, my heart goes out to the women, all of the women targeted by sick and disgusting, violent, aggressive men like Matt Lauer. That's the bottom line. And, you know, this is something that is missing from the powerful women who are learning about their colleagues' aggressive, violent acts of evil. And so take Mike, Matt Lauer's co-host, Savannah Guthrie. She's really trying to reconcile the pain between a man, a friend, a mentor, a colleague, and, and those women that he hurt. No, no. What she doesn't understand is that Matt Lauer is a criminal, basically, yeah. allegedly. These allegations against him are criminal. Yeah. These are serious allegations. And we must think of the women that this has happened to for the past 20 years. Because one has come out, two have come out, several more will continue to come out. But those women have been damaged. It could be your sister, your daughter, your cousin, your friend. And so that is why there is absolutely no alliance with somebody like Matt Lauer. I mean, that cannot be. And that's one of the problems with violence against women is that so many women stand up for these men. I mean, 
you know, and even oftentimes wives will stand up for their husbands. Initially, I think they're in shock. They don't know what else to say. That's apparently not the case with Matt Lauer's wife. Apparently, she's run from the $33 million oh, wow. <laughs> mansion in the Hamptons. No, I don't actually think that's the truth either. I think that was a bit of rumor, but, mm. you know, we haven't heard from her. But you know what? I say to Savannah Guthrie, wrong answer, Savannah. I understand you're in a state of shock, but your understanding of this is way out of line, and your alliance needs to be with the women who've been violently and forcibly violated by Matt Lauer, who allegedly had a, um, a the ability to lock his door in his office. He had a button under his desk. Did yeah, you know I heard that? about that, yeah. Absolutely. And so, I mean, that is horrific. And so we never align ourselves with men who engage in this type of criminal behavior. Otherwise, this is never going to end, and I think we're just on the beginning pathways of this anyway. But my heart goes out to the women damaged and not the men with egos the size of Montana who I believe thought they were untouchable but thought touching, harming, and violently touching women was not. Shame on all of you. Anyway, hate to start out the show like that, but I, it just drives me crazy. Anyway, we have lots to talk about on the show. Going to be talking about some of their apologies as well and dig a little bit deeper into those things that they, they said. And we're also going to be talking about, uh, since this is a sex show, <laughs> we'll get to the sex, uh, healthy sex, appropriate sex, fun sex, um, some of the damaging myths around intimacy. And, and, you know, really, this is the basis of a lot of the work that I do. We're also heading into the holidays. This is a trigger time for many addicts. This is a, can be a very tragic time for a lot of families. And there, you know, most of the overdoses in this province occur in the home, which is little known or understood. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And so most of them die in the white pillared homes in our suburbs. And so I want to talk to you about a gift that everybody in British Columbia needs in their pockets to combat this fentanyl crisis, this opioid crisis that we are smack in the middle of. Also going to be talking about playfulness in the bedroom and how you can be a little bit more so. I had a great conversation with my doctor. I've been stalking him, actually, because I couldn't get an appointment. And I just really needed something really quick. And uh, so anyhow, I go in there just before I'm coming into the show. I shouldn't tell this story too early in the show. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell it later because the kids might not be to bed yet. It's true. <laughs> so I'll tell it later. But anyway, nonetheless, this has to do with that. He was actually wondering how we're even a species. We, we got to talking about some of the myths around, um, around sexuality and intimacy. And also going to be talking about why marriage counseling often leads to divorce. This is a question that I've gotten quite a bit. A lot of people will say to me, um, you know, are you the type of counselor that that wants people to stay together? I'm like, no, I want them to be apart from crying out loud. <laughs> of course. But I didn't understand. And also, you know, what I, what I failed to do, and, you know, I am not perfect. <laughs> I know that's a shock. Uh, <laughs> but I am um, far from it, in fact. Uh, but I, what I realized when I gave that a little bit more thought, when I actually had a minute or two to sit down in between stalking my doctor, uh, who was a nuclear physicist before he became a doctor, you know, I just can't have your regular doctor, you know, any, anyhow, the guy's a total Rhodes Scholar brainiac. But, um, uh, you know, the thing is, I, what I hadn't realized is that a lot of these people may have gone through a divorce already. And so then they're coming again thinking, and maybe they went to a marriage counselor with their first wife and it ended in divorce. And they felt that the 
marriage counselor was a little bit more in tune with the wife or whatever. You don't know. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about how marriage counseling can lead to divorce. (laughs) Uh, And also the type of therapy you actually need may not be the kind you want. And, you know, denial is a drug. I've said it here before, and I will say it again. Uh, So what else are we talking about? Of course, lots about uh, better sex, Um, but also vitamin D deficiency. We've had, you know, a month of... I had a week of sun because I traveled (laughs) to Boston, which is, you know, it's cold there, but it was sunny. And, uh, but you know what? Some people might be suffering from a vitamin D deficiency. Mm. Uh, Even if you are not, you probably should take it anyway. (laughs) No, No, but anyway, we're going to talk about the harmful effects of a vitamin D deficiency and how it can impact your, um, your relationship because, you know, it's dark and it's dreary and you might be feeling down. And so you might be, Vitamin D deficient. And uh, we're going to get um, the 411 on a consenting mutual relationship and the best way to enjoy one another. And then, of course, I do have a prize tonight, but I want to say what the prize is just yet. And of course, I have your emails that I'm going to, um, I'm going to read, which I love your emails. Thank you so much. But this is my question. What quality makes And you'll win the prize. But if you don't like the prize, I understand. I'll give you another one. But anyway, (laughs) what quality makes women more attractive but not men? So that's the question. You can give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And I want you to tell me why that is or, or just something about this and how maybe this has pertained to you as well. You can't just guess the quality. Um, nothing's easy on the Sunday Night Sex Show. Uh, so we'll, we'll chat about it. But anyway, there's a quality that makes women more attractive, but not men. What is it? So give us a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca, and you can email me if you like. I am going to read your emails uh, tonight as well. And uh, so if you have any questions, too, you can give me a call, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. So uh, we're going to go to break right now and come back and uh, talk about you know what. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Going to start out with the office Christmas party this year. It's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Everybody's going to be on their best behavior. One of the most memorable office Christmas parties I went to. It wasn't actually my Christmas party. But, um, you know, I had a long dress on, if I recall. (laughs) And I was at the head table. And the husband of a woman, actually it was the husband that worked at this um, company. And the husband of this woman never took his hands off me all night long. It was a dinner. I always get the drunkest guy sitting next to me. And this guy was drunk. (laughs) And I was like, I I was embarrassed. Uh, We were at the head table. It was nobody noticed. Um, The wife turned her back the entire time. And I was also embarrassed for her about what her husband was doing. And I was just literally physically taking his hand and just like throwing it, you know, like smacking Jeez. it back at him. And um, but interestingly enough, like and, and he was just saying inappropriate things for the whole time. And, you know, it's a it's a company thing. And so, you know, my reaction probably 
was I got up from the table several times. You don't want to say anything. You don't want to ruin careers for people or, you know, ruin the night. And people, because people often say, oh, she's making it up and blah, 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 whatever. You know, look at her dress. She wanted it. (laughs) It was down to the ground. Anyway. Um, we only have about a minute here. So I just want to give you a few tips on going to the office Christmas party this year. Guys, sit on your hands. Drink with a straw. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's my advice. Uh, know your limitations. Don't take the words free bar as a personal challenge. And, uh, you know, seriously, eat before you go there because you also don't want to be a glutton and just like eat, overeat when you're there or oh, not eat. That. And then the effects just start of alcohol. look like a glutton. Exactly, but you don't want to do that either because you don't want the alcohol to go, you know, get absorbed and go quickly to your brain. So there's a time and place to be memorable. This is not the place. This is not the place to bring out your um, best French love scenes or, or your Latin loving way of life. Uh, keep your opinions to yourself. That's, you know, just remember. Uh, there is a time and place for fisticuffs. There's a time and place to give too much information. You know, view this as a work deal. View this as, you know, an aspect of your career where you may actually climb the ladder of success. Be very careful. If somebody has said, like your wife, you've had too much to drink, take heed. Same goes the other way. If you're a woman who has has a tendency to imbibe just a little bit too much and get just a little too festive at the office Christmas party, think again. It could affect your career. It could affect your reputation. And it could affect, you know, a lot of aspects of your life. So be very careful going to the office Christmas party. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you tonight, giving you the 411 on what's going on beneath the sheets. Hopefully a lot for you. Uh, Thanks so much for being here with me this evening. It's always my pleasure to be here with you, educate you a little bit here and there on on different things. Um, Everything is related to sex, basically. I mean, it really is when you think about it. Even commercial leasing. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Shall I explain that? (laughs) I I think so. Someone comes home and they have just landed a giant commercial (laughs) leasing deal. (laughs) They're so happy. They want to celebrate. Okay, sure. (laughs) Of course. It's related. There's nothing. I cannot be stumped on this. Everything is related to sex and health and relationships. You know, it's all, it's all, it all ties in and also Mm. even heartbreak. You know, heartache and heartbreak, especially with the addiction crisis we have going on here yeah. in the province that affects so many families and so many people and, and lovers and boyfriends and girlfriends and spouses, children. And so it really has had a, a tremendously negative impact. And we think about the person who perhaps has had an overdose and has passed away. But what about those that they leave behind? And so we really have a crisis on our hands here in this province. And, you know, I know there's so many people in the province working arduously to uh, end the crisis or help with the crisis or reduce the impact of the crisis. And and there's a funeral home that has commenced a fear-based anti-fentanyl campaign. And British Columbia's chief coroner has blasted that funeral home, stating that fear-based education around this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there may be a case for that. This is certainly getting some attention. And it's also raising awareness about the crisis as well. There are some photographs, I don't know if you've seen them, uh, families around gravesides and 
No, what I did see recently, though, was uh, pictures showing comparisons between, like, heroin and fentanyl and what a lethal dose of fentanyl is versus a lethal dose of heroin. It's like a little grain, and I don't think people realize how little it takes. And first responders are at risk for having that little grain touch them. Mm. Nurses at the front lines of this are at risk. Uh, Families are at risk. Anybody who is in contact with anybody who... Uh, uses drugs, quite frankly, is at risk for this, which is why I wanted to bring up something that actually might help this uh, fentanyl uh, crisis we have in this province. And, you know, this week we had the CKNW Orphans Fund where we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for to to cover things for children who uh, where the government doesn't cover them because the government can't cover everything. Um, and so sometimes they can't cover things like vans for transportation or particular powered wheelchairs or mm-hmm. renovations for homes. And that's where the CKNW Orphans Fund comes in. And after having raised all of that money and, the, and tremendously great work is, is done through that. And, you know, and so we have to look at, you know, our taxes go to health care and then the government decides how that health care is delivered or dispensed. We have a triage system here and, you know, and sometimes it works incredibly well and sometimes they fall short a little bit. And oftentimes it's because the bureaucrats and the and the politicians are not health care people. And so mm-hmm. they don't always get it right. And there's something in particular that I don't think they've got quite right in this fentanyl and opioid crisis. And that is, and and I think they're okay to use, but I think there's something better. And I think when there's something better, British Columbians deserve that. And so right now there's what is covered by the government for medical services plans. So under MSP, what is covered by the government is the naloxone kit. Now people may not realize what a naloxone kit is, but a naloxone kit is actually an antidote to an opioid overdose. And so it will actually relieve somebody. Naloxone will re- will reverse the effects of somebody who has overdosed on um, fentanyl and who is not breathing and, and perhaps in a sleepy state that has been induced by the opioid uh, emergency. Uh, so a naloxone kit is a syringe with a needle on it with a glass vial. You'll need gloves. Uh, to actually open this. It's a bulky kit, in my estimation, as a registered nurse um, who works on the front lines in some of this mental health and addiction. It's a kit that is bulky. It is, um, you know, to be totally honest with you, nurses are nervous about the right dose, the right, um, you know, not getting... um, injecting themselves with the needle, um, you know, that injecting a needle into somebody. We're all not needle people. Yeah. And, um, and so it's not the easiest way. And that is what the government covers right now. And so people are expected, and, you know, if 90% of overdoses occur in the homes, people are expected to have these naloxone kits in their homes. And, and you know what, I, I work with a lot of nurses and I, I interview them. I say, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the naloxone kit or would you rather have Narcan, which is the nasal spray? It's the four milligram nasal spray. And so they all inevitably say, I'd rather use the Narcan. It is faster. You can keep it in your pocket. There's no needle involved. You know, you can be nervous when you have come upon, in in my um, experience or my situation where uh, I'm dealing a lot with prisoners, um, so you come upon a prisoner who is not breathing. Um, you know, it can actually 
make people nervous, obviously, and sort of fumble around with a with a kit where you have to unzipper it, and then you have to um, you know break the glass vial, put the needle on top of the syringe. This isn't for lay people. So family members, caregivers, and other people who are around those who may have overdosed are not going to be comfortable using these naloxone kits. So this is where I don't think the government has got it right because they don't cover the Narcan nasal spray. So the nasal spray, which is used by RCMP anyway, I know that for a fact because I checked it myself, um, they use that. A lot of first responders use it, but they have to pay for it. And so from to my mind, I think in, it definitely in this case, British Columbians need the choice to be to have both of them covered at least, although I think that the Narcan is far superior. You only require two doses versus the, the naloxone kits where you require five doses uh, to get the same effects. And so I think that we really should cover both and that everybody in British Columbia should be able to go into a drugstore and say, without shame or embarrassment, you know, I'd like a Narcan uh, nasal spray so that I can keep it in my pocket, uh, you know, keep one or two of them on hand just in case, especially people who are dealing with people who have addiction in their family, or they may not even know that they have addiction in their family. So I just think that this is one time, one time of many, because the government doesn't cover a lot of medications for uh, British Columbians. Like They don't cover Fibrostol, for example, which is for uterine fibroids. I'm going to be talking a little bit about that later. We have uh, many, many unnecessary hysterectomies in this in this province and in this country. But, you know, Narcan nasal spray is to be given immediately. It doesn't take the place of emergency medical medical care, but neither does the naloxone kit. And you want to get emergency medical uh, care immediately. You want to start CPR. But, you know, you want to use the nasal spray. And it's it's never uh, not okay to use the nasal spray because it's not going to have any effect in somebody who has not been using opioids. So it's safe enough to use. It's safe to use. Um, so if you think you're, um, somebody has uh, opioid uh, symptoms, um, you know, that are present, even if you're not sure, it's okay to use it. But signs of an opioid emergency may include unusual sleepiness and your inability to awaken the person by using a loud voice or by rubbing firmly on the middle of the chest or their sternum. And if they are having breathing problems, including breathing slowly or shallow uh, breathing in somebody who is difficult to awaken, and if the pupils in their eyes are pinpoint, so they're very small, in the face of being unable to awaken somebody. So this is easy. There's no embarrassment, you know, to be going out potentially with your spouse or your lover, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and you've got an naloxone kit in your handbag versus a a nasal spray, which is small. It's like the size of if you've used, um, uh, what's the nasal spray that you, it's just, a you know, it's like an inch or two. Uh, one one inch by, you know, an inch and a half max. Mm. Um, it's very easy to use. People don't need medical training in order to use it, uh, this Narcan. So I just think it's an important issue. And, and we need to have the latest and the greatest available for British Columbians so we can contribute to reduction of deaths from opioids yeah, in seems this like a province. Really weird oversight. I mean, a lot of people even just have like a general fear of using needles. You know, they don't like being near them at all. Let me ask you: Would you like to? What would you? If somebody were right now to, you know, pinpoint pupils, difficulty breathing, unusual sleepiness, 
and you had a naloxone kit or yeah. na- nasal spray, and no, you I could think, use either yeah, one. I think the decision is obvious. Like I, I wouldn't be scared of the needle, but I'd prefer to use this nasal spray versus exactly. sticking a needle in somebody. Yeah, it's much easier. And and you're you're right. Not everybody wants to use um, a needle on somebody else. And and also there's a risk there. If there's you know people who do use drugs are at greater risk for uh, certain. Uh, illnesses such as HIV and so, you know, hepatitis C, TB, uh, you know, so there are lots of, um, there's, there's a risk there. And so people are incredibly nervous if they inject themselves accidentally. And that is what can happen when people are not calm in an emergency situation. So um, it's very important. It's good information to have. Know that it's at least available. Unfortunately, it's not covered by MSP at the moment, but but hopefully the government will see, um, you know, there that this is um, something important that they should actually cover this. So um, anyway, lots to uh, learn about the opioid crisis. There's a lot more that, you know, we don't necessarily know because a lot of it is hidden because there's such a stigma around it. So in the, in the coming weeks, we'll uh, look to educate a little bit more about this crisis. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I want to. I have a couple emails that I want to read, but I want to talk a little bit about vitamin D deficiency um, because we've had so many gloomy days here, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are struck by by the rain and by the dark days, and and uh, notice the weather and and follow. Uh, Christy Gordon on the Weather Channel and <laughs> and Yvonne Shell, um, constantly checking the weather, and so it can be very hard because it can impact your mood. And vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin that does play a role in many important body functions, and it's best known for working with calcium in your body to help build and maintain strong bones. It's also involved in your immune system regulation and cells, and it may actually prevent cancer. It's the most important nutrient when discussing bone or immune health, but adequate, uh, adequate consumption of vitamin D preserves bone and immune system health, but it's also thought to prevent a number of serious health conditions, and one of those is depression. But one of the most common ones known, a deficiency of vitamin D, is known for causing rickets, and so kids get brittle bones, and the tissue of the bone doesn't fortify or mineralize, and this can lead to fragile bones and and skeletal deformities, and also increases the risk of injury for children. But there's also some research that suggests that vitamin D may play a role in both the prevention and treatment of hypertension, type 1 and type 2 diabetes, multiple sclerosis, and depression. And so it's important that uh, we consume vitamin D and there are many different signs that you may have a vitamin D deficiency. And, of course, we get it from the sun. And so we don't have so much sun here. We can't be very well heading off to Hawaii or Mexico every other week to get our daily dose, but that would be kind of nice. But there are seven warning signs of a vitamin D deficiency. One is pain and muscle weakness. Also, uh, another one is impaired immune system, hypertension. So this is the most important thing. You've got to check your blood pressure after five minutes of rest. Just get one of those machines from the drugstore. Bring it home. It is the most accurate way uh, because you won't get white coat syndrome, getting nervous when you go into a uh, doctor's office. And and so that's going to increase your um, 
blood pressure. So just take it at home and make sure it is under 130, under, under 130 over 90. We have some new guidelines from the American Heart Association and the American Cardiology Association. And so it may be time to start walking more and to start exercising and eating better, cutting out the sugar, cutting out the unhealthy fats, cutting out everything that's white and processed. Basically, just have the most boring diet ever and then... (laughs) And then go off that. I don't think it's boring, though. Like, I, I try to cut out as much of that <laughs> stuff, too. And I my, I feel like my dad's pretty exciting. You know, it's good if you, um, you know, take the time to make the beautiful meals right. and use all the spices. And, you know, a, I think a great place to go is Hot Pot because they have all those vegetables. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure how the broths are, how fatty the broths are, but whatever. But you can just literally get all those vegetables. That's true, um, yeah. You know, so it's, it's difficult, especially in restaurants. But no, you're absolutely correct because you can get off on the beautiful vegetables and low glycemic index fruits and mm-hmm. berries. And, um, and, you know, it's just tough to walk by a purdy stand or, you know, give up the Cracker Jacks <laughs> and other <laughs> favorite foods. Um, because you might, if you have a vitamin D, deficiency, you might actually feel sadness or depression. There's been a link between sadness and depression and low levels of vitamin D. And one particularly interesting discovery involved the correlation between SAD or seasonal affective disorder, which is a seasonal depressive condition and fluctuating levels of vitamin D3. In one study, participants given D3 supplementation experienced enhanced positive effects and a reduction of negative effects, both physical and cognitive. So participants reported a significantly diminished presence of various symptoms, including food craving, hypersomnia, lethargy, and sleep disturbances. You know, I find if I don't exercise daily, I got to exercise every day. I was pretty tired last week. I'd been traveling. I'd had a bunch of deadlines. I was, you know, I wasn't on my balanced life and I really try to balance it, um, you know, with Back to the bedroom, using the womanizer, all those important <laughs> things. <laughs> all those important things. Uh, sugar-free, low, low glycemic index, <laughs> diet, and uh, <laughs> exercise. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the womanizer later. But um, I was off my game so to speak. And it, you know, it immediately affects me. Like, I don't really get into a bad mood, but I'm just tired and I just, you know, I, I'm not as productive. Anyway, also certain GI or uh, gastrointestinal. I get in trouble for using letters and not the to, to the non non medical community people that I live with. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, using those. Uh, but anyway, gastrointestinal. Um, if you have decreased vitamin D absorption. So those with celiac disease, Crohn's, inflammatory bowel disease, and other conditions are likely to be at greater risk of vitamin D deficiency because of these interactions. So also excessive sweating. Who to thunk? The smelly guy at the Christmas party. <laughs> but <laughs> um, He's got a low level of vitamin D. And this is strange. Yes. Yeah. So you know, people are not, medical experts aren't quite sure why we sweat more with low vitamin D levels. But if you've noticed that about yourself, you might just try 4,000 international units of vitamin D daily. So, and and you especially see this around the forehead. There's also something else you can use, but I always say get to the bottom of it, treat the problem. But dry sol is something for people who sweat excessively and it's not related to vitamin D. And also heart conditions. There exists a probable correlation between low vitamin D and uh, cardiovascular disease. So that, that 
um, be- that is because of higher concentrations of calcium buildup in the arteries, and that's the plaque that forms in the arteries and increases the risk of heart attack or stroke. So you've got to be careful. Vitamin D is important. Um, you can get it from sunlight, orange juice, that is vitamin D fortified, and for- fortified plant based milks and also of course you can buy it um, but it's always better to get it in the in the diet the problem with orange juice is that it's got such high sugar it's oh, like yeah. the, the unhealthiest healthy food um, I wanted to read an email to you because this relates to this a little bit um, hi Maureen I'm a seven year old married male eight years ago I was treated with Effexor which is an antidepressant for depression although I was aware it would obliterate my sexual desire my depression had become unbearable and Effexor was the only effective treatment about 10 years Years earlier, I had the same experience with Celexa, another antidepressant in the same class. But my therapist at the time weaned me off the Celexa after maybe 10 days and switched my treatment to Wellbutrin. My libido came back immediately as soon as the Celexa was out of my system. I had no idea that the SSRIs, uh, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and the, select, the SNRIs, norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, could permanently eradicate libido if taken long enough. Any suggestions? I'm going to have to uh, give you some suggestions when I come back in the second hour of the program. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.